come when morning dawn and light triumphant breaks when beauty gives the eastern hills and life to joy awaits welcome to mountain grace the weekly sermon from me john white priest at saint luke's episcopal church in camillus new york this week we're talking about St. Paul and his dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus. But crowned with glory like the sun that lights the morning sky. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The Word of the Lord. Today's stories, today's readings are about conversion. And of course we get Paul's very dramatic conversion story where, where Paul, the persecutor of the followers of Jesus, is on his way to Damascus to round up those followers and to bring them back to Jerusalem to face their punishment. And on the road, he's, he's struck by, by a dazzling bright light, like being hit by lightning. And he falls to his knees and he's, he's blinded. He can't see where he's going. And he hears the voice of Jesus telling him to stop persecuting me. And then he goes into Damascus where in a vision Ananias sees him and after three days of fasting and prayer, Paul is, is baptized. And from that point on, he is wholly dedicated to his mission of sharing the good news of Jesus with the Gentiles. And he goes until his own martyrdom some years later. It's a very dramatic conversion story. And he can point to this particular moment when Jesus entered into his life in such a way that he was compelled to change everything and to live in a wholly new way. And lots of people through the ages have had these kinds of dramatic conversions where in a moment that they know and can point to, they 
they can say, this is the time when I, I gave my heart to Jesus, when I encountered Christ and it changed me forever and I, I lived life completely differently. We, we've all heard these stories. They're, they're famous, like John Wesley, yes, the founder of Methodism, um, who is also an Anglican, by the way, um, had this sort of dramatic moment at a Bible study where his heart was strangely warmed and he, he knew Jesus in a totally different way than he had ever experienced Jesus before. And, and I have something of a dramatic conversion story. Um, not quite as dramatic as being like blinded or anything, but, but it was like a moment that I could point to and I could say, yes, that was the moment when I became a follower of Jesus. But lots of people, in fact, probably most people don't have that kind of conversion moment. You know, I've, I've met a lot of people and talked about faith, and most people don't have this moment where they can point to and say, yes, that was the moment when my life changed. Lots of people just sort of grow up immersed in Jesus, and their lives are not ones of a dramatic turn, but a sort of a lifelong building commitment to following in the way of Jesus. And, and one is not better than the other. They both have a place and a value. And in fact, in this story of Simon Peter, we encounter Peter whose, whose conversion to Jesus is considerably less dramatic than Paul's. Because Jesus and Simon had been friends. They knew each other from, from synagogue. They were, they were neighbors in Capernaum. And, and, and Peter came to know and to love Jesus, not in some dramatic lightning flash way, but in the way that we slowly build up a friendship and a relationship with someone else. And, and Peter's commitment to Jesus is no less than Paul's. In fact, what we encounter in the gospel is, is Peter is, is somewhat reckless in his wanting to follow Jesus. He, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he's, he's the first one to jump in the water. He does that a couple of different times. Although curiously, most people would take off their clothes to go swimming, but Peter puts it on, which just kind of shows that Peter is just a little bit different than lots of other people. But both of these conversions are powerful, and the commitment that follows from them is equally powerful and, and world history changing. And so all of us, when we're invited into the life of Jesus, and whether that's something that happened so long ago in our lives that we can't even remember a time when we didn't know Jesus and love him, or it happened somewhere on a road to Damascus where our lives were unalterably changed. In each case, what we are invited into is a different way of seeing and experiencing the world. And once our eyes have been opened, metaphorically, to the reality that Jesus is pointing to, we can't help but live differently than we would if we had never known that truth. That what Jesus invites us into is to see the world the way that Jesus does. And as we go through our lives, it's pretty easy to figure out that there's a lot of unfairness and darkness and evil and brokenness and hurt in the world. 
And if we don't have this anchor that Jesus invites us into, this perspective that he has, it's easy to become skeptical and cynical about the world, to become just focused on getting what you need out of it and not worrying so much about others because the world can be a brutally uncaring place. So it would make sense for us to seek after our own good first and foremost. Because the world can feel like a dark place where people get sick and people die too young and, and our hearts are broken and we, we see oppression and pain inflicted on others by, by the careless or the cruel. But what Jesus sees when he goes through the world is, is not that dark. It's not that he doesn't see the darkness, but what Jesus understands is that underneath the darkness is still the good creation. And that we may have put a veil over that goodness, but that goodness has never gone away. That when God created the world and called it good, that hasn't changed that the goodness in which we were created, the, hi, bud, the abundance of the world in which we live has never disappeared. And when Jesus goes through, he sees that created goodness underneath all of the layers that we have put on top to hide it from ourselves so that those who are self-serving and cruel can, can live on top of others. But Jesus when he sees someone and he meets them as an individual, he sees the goodness underneath whatever life has created for that person. He sees that they were good. And he seeks to help them understand and live in that goodness through physical healing, through teaching of the good news of Jesus Christ, of of showing them that their lives have dignity and worth and meaning and purpose. And so as followers of Jesus, we are invited to see the world the same way that Jesus does, to see that goodness underneath when we encounter one another, to see the goodness with which that person was created, to, to recognize the dignity with which they possess by virtue of being children of God and to respond not to the darkness, but to the light of the goodness underneath. As Christian people, we are invited to live in that good creation, to look for it in every nook and cranny and to not let the darkness obscure our vision of what is true, of what is good. To respond lovingly to the world. That's our call. Because when we recognize, when we see the reality of the goodness of the creation, we can't help but respond with love. And so we can be unafraid to work to tear away the darkness, to shine a light in the hidden corners so that God's glorious creation can shine through. That's the kingdom of God that we're invited to live in, is that place where the light shines through. And to, and to act in every way that we can, to commit ourselves like Paul and like Peter, 
to telling people about this underlying reality, to open their eyes to it and to invite, and to invite them to respond to what they see with love, without fear. And so conversion is like getting our eyes adjusted or getting glasses and finally seeing the world in sharp relief, understanding that it really, truly is and remains a good creation. And to recognize that, that what obscures that goodness is evil and to stand against it so that we can wipe it away, so that everyone, everyone everywhere can live in the good kingdom of God. Amen.